you're listening to the Locked In Podcast. Here's your host, Algernon Cash. I'm Algernon Cash, and you're locked in. Welcome back for yet another great conversation. Uh, Of course, I've got another good friend lined up to talk about what may be happening right here in your backyard. Um, But before we get into that, we always want to make sure we thank the many sponsors that we have with the Locked In program. I I never go into the full list because my memory is not that great. I'll miss someone, but I certainly want to thank all our great sponsors. And for um, for, for those of you who may be a subscriber to the Locked In program, we also want to thank you as well. And for those of you who have not subscribed, make sure you go check us out on Instagram. Um, you can follow Locked In with Algernon Cash on Facebook, and that's also available on YouTube. And it costs you nothing to subscribe. The sponsors are already taking care of that for you. You can be a free subscriber and uh, receive all this great content that we're producing um, pretty much on a weekly basis here. But today, I've got a really great conversation for you. I, I want to try to honor uh, the Juneteenth um, holiday. Here recently, I had an opportunity to reconnect with a, an old friend, uh, Brigadier General James Gorham. Uh, we had him in for an empowerment breakfast, breakfast, excuse me, for the Black Empowerment Network. And when I say he tore the house down, he, 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 he literally tore the house down. We're still receiving um, raving comments and feedback about the speech that he gave about um, just, you know, Black American heroes in our country. And so as we move into Juneteenth, I thought it'd be really cool to, to reconnect with General Gorham and just get his thoughts about Juneteenth and sort of how he's feeling about the holiday. General Gorham, how are you, man? Thank you for locking in with me. Hey, glad to be here, Ejanon. Uh It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you, my friend. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you you joining us. Um, I, I know my audience will, will get a lot out of this conversation that we're going to have today. But, it, you, you know, just to set the stage, um, you know, for many of my audience that may not realize what Juneteenth is all about, I know even for me, General, I, I just really learned more about it uh, just a few years ago. But but for those who don't know a lot about it, you know, President Abraham Lincoln sound, signed the Emancipation Proclamation in September of 1862. Um, when you think about far-reaching states like Texas, which is a border state, very remote state, wasn't a lot of Union forces present in Texas to enforce that order. And, and so the African-American slaves that were in Texas um, continue to be slaves well beyond September of 1862, all the way into June of 1865, uh, before Union forces were able to enforce that order. Um, when, when, you, when you look further than that, General, um, you look in states like Delaware and Kentucky, slavery actually continued all the way up until the ratification of the 13th Amendment, which had been much later into 1865. So. You know, when you think about that, for a lot of us, you know, even after we were supposed to be free, where we were not free. Um, When you hear that story and you think about it, General, how how do you react to that? Well, you know, uh, you have to kind of take into consideration, you know, communication was a lot slower than it is today. You know, everything today is instant, you know, and back in those days, it took a while for, you know, communications to get from one place to the other, especially to these four reaching uh, territories and states that uh, still was uh, under the institution of slavery. Uh, So it was a slow going process. And then added to that, you know, uh, nobody really likes change. And so in the South in particular, you know, the folks in the South who had been, uh, the economy was uh, 
propped up by slavery, you know, uh, they didn't want to let that go. And so, uh, you know, uh, part of the things that I talk about, you know, in my book is after slavery, you know, the institution of uh, sharecropping, you know, came about, you know, because uh, the, the slave owners still had the, the, the land and they had the equipment, but they didn't have the labor. And so they engaged in this process called sharecropping where they would share the crop with the former slaves, you know, and that, uh, that's why I say, based on my life experiences growing up as the son of a sharecropper, you know, uh, why uh, I consider sharecropping one step above slavery because I actually lived through it and I saw the process and I, I knew the results of it from a person of color perspective. But from the military standpoint, which I'm a retired brigadier general and whatnot, you know, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't understand or don't realize that African-Americans played a, a, a pivotal role in every major war that has been fought in this country or by this country. Uh, African-Americans was a, a president, even from the Revolutionary War, all the way back, all the way, uh, as they say, from Lexington to the Fallujah, we've been there. And we played an active part in all of them. But, you know, uh, the, the bad part was, you know, history is his story. And, you know, we, we didn't write the history books. So oftentimes we got left out in the history books. And so because of that, uh, a lot of African-Americans don't realize the significance of the uh, role that African-Americans played in all our major wars uh, in this country. You, you know, I, I mentioned earlier um, at the outset of our, our conversation that we had you in for an empowerment breakfast uh, for the Black Empowerment Network. Yes. And and one, one of the facts that you mentioned that I felt that I found was fascinating because I never really heard it before, at least not mentioned the way you, you talked about it, was the astounding number of um, um, African-Americans and slaves, quite frankly, that fought for the Confederacy. Oh, yes, absolutely. And um, I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> there was there was probably more African Americans, you know, fighting for the Confederate than uh, for the Union, you know, and a lot of them was promised, you know, if they would fight that they would uh, receive their freedom, you know, but that never came to pass because of the fact that uh, uh, fortunately for us, you know, <laughs> the North won and the, law, and the South lost. I would uh, sometimes wonder what our country would be like if that had been a reverse situation. I don't think it would have worked out well for many people of color in this country. But yeah, uh, you know, there were African-Americans on both sides, just like there were, uh, you know, people with a lot of, you know, persuasion were on both sides. And, and uh, people did things for various reasons and whatnot. But I think from the research that I've done, uh, I think there was more African-Americans uh, African uh, in the Civil War working with the South that we're in the North, uh, but uh, thank God uh, the North won and uh, we were emancipated after that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. You, you mentioned the word freedom. And uh, when, when, when Black America thinks about freedom, we've got 4th of July coming up here soon and that's Independence Day for America. I, I actually happen to be someone who loves the 4th of July and the fireworks and the food and camaraderie and, and and then you know even you general i mean being in the military i mean it tends to be you, you know the, the 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 ceremonial um 
you know, no, you know, you know, time for the country. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of Black America, they're they're starting to feel like that's not real Independence Day for Black America. That you know, Independence Day for Black America should be Juneteenth. And you're even seeing a greater number of companies moving the in the in the direction of making Juneteenth a national holiday. You're seeing some um, uh, municipal governments, state governments, also do the same. You, you, you know, you being a military man, how do you feel about that? I mean, is, is it 4th of July? Is it Juneteenth? Is it, is it some combination of, of both or? Well, you know, uh, until we get true equality, <laughs> I don't think we're really, really free until we get true equality. And that's a, that's a tough pill, you know, because there's a lot of folks I feel they won't, don't want to see uh, African-American to have the same equal rights as uh, the, the, the white majority does because uh, they feel that they will have to give up a lot of the things that they you know, have gotten accustomed to. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that anybody uh, loved this country more than the African-Americans. And I based it on the fact that, like I said, we have fought Valiantly in every major war, you know, and even after, you know, giving our lives, you know, uh, sweat, our blood, our treasury, giving everything to this country, you know, in the wars that we have fought, and we come back home from those wars, and oftentimes uh, we're not treated well after the couldn't commitment that we had made to lay our life on the line for this country. So. You know, we love it greatly, uh, and I'm, I'm uh, as far as people of color, I am more uh, attuned to having Juneteenth being the Independence Day for us rather than, you know, July the 4th because it has different meanings to us as African Americans from my perspective. Well, I, I think there's no, um, no, no one could question uh, when you look at America, uh, Black America specifically has is, is very resilient, mm-hmm. has overcome a great amount of adversity um, o- over the many years. You personally have overcome a lot of, of adversity to achieve a lot of su- the success that you did in the military and not just military, but also in business and community and uh, so many other areas that we could go into today if we had if we had the time. But I, I do want to talk about the book because I know that that tends to be central um, in terms of the philosophy and the ideology that you've developed that allowed you to be successful, Sharecropper's Wisdom. And for my audience, if you have not done so, um, you can go to sharecropperswisdom.com, learn more about the book that uh, uh, Brigadier General James Gorham has written. Um, for my audience that maybe never heard of Sharecropper's Wisdom, talk a little bit about that and the inspiration and you know how you've used that day-to-day uh, to, to do a lot of what you've done and, 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 and achieve a lot of the success that, that you've been able to achieve. Uh, yes, uh, in the book, Sharecropper's Wisdom, Growing Today's Leaders, the old-fashioned way, I try to share with my audience the wisdom of a seventh-grade educated sharecropper who happened to be my father. The wisdom that he shared with me in that old raggedy smoking Silverado pickup truck that at that time I was very, very ashamed of. But now as I reflect back on it, I'm very, very proud of those uh, the little raggedy truck that my dad just rolled me around in, but more so the wisdom that he shared with me in that truck because it has molded me into the man that I have become or I am becoming today. And it has definitely helped me in those challenging moments uh, 
as I was, you know, embarking on my career, both in the military, in the uh, banking, and also in the state government, because oftentimes as a, a man of color and uh, being oftentimes the only person of color in the room and being a trailblazer in some of those areas, there was a lot of defining moments, as I put them, you know, where the uh, situation was not working out and seemed like everything was against you and you wanted to quit, you know, some of the wisdom. And I'm going to share about three things and then, you know, we could go on. But that really stuck out with me that my father shared with me. He told me, he said, boy, because that's what I thought my name was. He said, boy, you are becoming your company. Whoever you are hanging around with, he said, that is what you or who you are becoming. So when I graduated from the North Carolina Military Academy as the distinguished honor graduate of my OCS class, I remember what he said. And as a second lieutenant, I started hanging around with the first lieutenants and I eventually became one. And then I started hanging around with the captains, then the majors and the lieutenant colonels and colonels. Finally, I started hanging around with the generals and I became the first African-American general in the North Carolina National Guard because that's what my daddy told me. That was the wisdom that he shared with me. He would say, if you play now, you will have to pay later. But if you pay now, you can play later. So at the age of 65, I'm playing now, Edger. <laughs> yeah. In addition to being a retired Brigadier General, in addition to being a, a Vice President with First Citizen Bank, in addition to being a, the Commissioner of Juvenile Justice for the state of North Carolina, in addition to being the author of the book, Sharecroppers Wisdom, as I tell folks, I'm also an artist, because now I'm drawing some checks. And uh, so I enjoy drawing those checks and uh, it has allowed me to have a very comfortable lifestyle because I put in the hard work early as my father had told me, you know, as a young man. And then the last thing I would share is that, you know, he would tell me, he said, boy, your word is one thing that you give and you keep at the same time. He said, there's not many things in this life that you can give and keep at the same time, but your word is. So when you give your word, you make sure that you keep it because someone is always eating off your tree. He said, if you give your word and you keep your word, you walk in integrity. And he said, when you walk in integrity, he says, success will come after you. So those are just three pieces of wisdom that he shared with me in those trucks. I use them throughout my careers and not throughout my life. And it has helped me tremendously. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, some of these young folks, uh, I think, could probably benefit from some of the old time wisdom that the old folks used to share with us back in the day. Well, you, you know, General, I think my audience just benefited from a lot of what you just shared. And, and I, I certainly always benefit whenever we have a conversation. I, I appreciate you locking in with me. And to my audience, I appreciate you always locking in with me. I, I strongly encourage you to go to sharecroppers wisdom.com. You can, you can buy General Gorm's book online. Um, it, it, it will come to you as an autographed copy personally from the general so that it, it's a great gift um, that you can also give to a youth or a, another individual. If you want to catch General Gorm, you may be able to do so in High Point on Friday, July 2nd. Um, he'll be speaking to the World Seekers International Church um, to their child refugee congregation. And um, um, General Gorm's always looking to get these books into the hands of more young kids 
um, and that requires sponsorship to be able to do so. So I would encourage you to uh, go to sharecropperswisdom.com and, and inquire about doing so. You can also find General Gorm on Facebook as well. Um, they're, they're very active there as well. Um, and, and also make sure you um, jump over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, stay up to date with what's going on with Locked In with AlginonCash.com. Um, of course, we've always got um, great content coming out for you on the website. Um, I'm available. You can shoot me an email, a message. Um, if you ever got questions or, or comments or, or just want to, I've got someone you want to see here on the show. You can also let me know that as well. But always until next time, y'all stay locked in. The executive producer of the Locked In Podcast is Algernon Cash for WCG. The associate producer is Tim Beeman for Such and Such Media. The views and opinions in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and are not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without express written consent of WGC.